Hey, you're listening to Charge Podcast, episode 54, a podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen. And I'm your co-host, John. How are you? I was actually looking at reviews just like right now. Um, it was actually one from 2016, but they were like, hope they make more episodes. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, like they might do it sometimes. No, we're never going to give up. We just like, well, well, you've been over here in the United States of America's. Right, I've been doing American things and you've been doing work things. So it's fine. Like sometimes we just catch up and then we talk for hours instead of half an hour. Mm-hmm. So how's the weather? You know, it's so gray compared to San Francisco. Oh my God. It's the polar opposite. It's just gray every day, all day. It's terrible. How about there? <laughs> Today, well, man, the weather here is a bit. Well, A, if you live in California and you listen to this and you live anywhere that's going on with these wildfire things. Yeah. Oh, my God. I flew out the day before that happened. Jesus. That's terrible. Wild. Also, the Las Vegas thing was also wild since last time. Like, it's been a bunch of crazy BS recently, generally all around. It just feels Oof. like the world's ending a little bit, doesn't it? Mm. My optimistic outlook is that it has to get worth, worse before it gets better. I don't know. I guess so. Like that. I don't know, dude. Like the California wildfires plus like the, the weather craziest. that we've been having in New York has been super bizarro. Global warming. It's not real. And that's tech under the hood. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> what are we Great, talking about podcast. this week? You wanna, what do you want to start with? Magic Leap. I think we should talk about it's VR. The, it's Just the virtual reality, isn't it? A lot of a lot of things happen in VR since we last talked. So let's talk about Magic Leap first. Just the ridiculousness of that article that dropped last night. So I, I actually didn't read the article, I don't think. I just noticed on TechCrunch that they were trying to raise a billion dollars in new funding, which is a lot of moolah. That's a lot of money. And they want to raise it to release their first consumer product. Is it, like, not hilarious at this point? No, it makes so much sense. But I they just care. raised, like, um, $300 million a week ago. Like, Don't care. Why Why do they need all of this money? Where do you think the money's going? Okay. When you start a business, if you're thinking about it in a relatively sane way, you can actually pl- apply a relatively formulaic thing to the whole life of the business. There's also shades of grays and subtleties, right? So you'd have a paradigm shift where you might have a whole market of businesses, a whole vertical of businesses gets made obsolete overnight. You could kind of think about the internet sort of that way a little bit. How good can this be though? How magical do you think this is on day one? Well, no. Is so this like category defining magical? Well, that's not what you asked. You asked why they need all that money. Okay, but do you know how much money they've raised to date? A lot, I'm sure. $2.8 billion. Makes sense. Why? What are they doing? Like, unless they're reinventing the PC, why do they need $2.8 billion before even putting their first product on the market? What if nobody buys it? Because they're reinventing the PC. In theory. Mm, and apparently in practice, given the amount of money that they've been able to raise and deploy. Well, yeah. So somebody, like, somebody must believe them, right? I mean, everybody you know has invested in these guys like google everybody and if you look at who's on their board sundar pachai jack so Ma. <laughs> this is, you know this is what i'm saying like when you look at market movement there are market shifts and there are paradigm shifts right. and i think a lot of people have believed that augmented and virtual reality is at a point where you could bring it to market as a piece of 
uh, acceptable, useful, value additive, wide scale um, consumer technology. And so, but right. but the thing about Magic Leap that's kind of hilarious is if Apple had have been started today, TechCrunch and Pando Daily would have talked about Steve Jobs' seed round, right? So Yeah, but Apple didn't take $3 billion to make a computer well, that nobody well, has a, seen yet. Well, first and foremost. But that's, I guess that's what I'm getting my, at, right? No, but like, my, point, my point is like, we pay attention to these things because we have the internet. The reason that that Pando Daily or TechCrunch didn't write about Steve Jobs' uh, seed round was because the internet was not something that we... That was the first of the next thing that happened. Jobs, Andreessen, Zuckerberg. Okay, but was there... Look, if you think of every startup that you just listed or every company that ever existed... Most of these companies didn't show up with this kind of funding. They made something in the garage. Most, they like yeah, yeah. Hacked something no. together. And Magic Leap's like, hey, well, we've got $3 billion, so we'll just like figure it out later. why not, right? Like, we're at a point now where... Like, what makes them that... Like, why do they need this scale of capital? Like, you can say the internet exists, but why... What, like, they're reinventing a technology for sure, but homie, it's kind of the complete opposite model. Look... Apple, to my mind, is the only company that I can think of ever in the history of technology that has properly thought about the marriage of software and hardware for the consumer markets as a primary mode of operation, a first principle perspective, right? From day one. Until recently, yes. Until magically, potentially. We'll talk about this later in the podcast. Bum, bum, bum. Is Magic Leap the new Apple? Unlikely, but... And that's the big question. But that is the big question. And so you think, well, eh, you know, the CEO is actually a... Go read his, like, Wikipedia profile. Homie is mm-hmm. not, like, fooling around. He knows what's up. He's got some Johnny Hive style elegance to him. He's done large-scale, very complex robotics and manufacturing of of like devices in the medical field and stuff like that like okay but yet again i'm asking you like what takes 2.8 billion dollars to build apple invented a computing category okay ten dollars because because owen a supply chain with the amount of ambition that i suspect they have given what they've done today right would take about 780 million dollars to to 850 million dollars to build and then you need right. marketing you need boxes you need shipping you need but they haven't even supposedly got into that point yet right like that's what the next well, round no, is for so they want a billion dollars to do that part right and so they've got three billion that they used for something to, to build so it has to, to they have to, to reinvent to the whole thing it's building great. the os it, and the hardware I do not disagree that it has to be fantastic. <laughs> like, I totally agree. I mean, agree. everybody's invested, right? Is so this, that it must thing, be. No, no. Well, I don't know. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm saying, like, right. we don't know what, what, what will happen. But if you're asking, well, does what is going on match reality? The reality yeah. that it matches is the reality of we think that we can shift we can be on we can own the other side of a paradigm shift michael rogers and i were just talking Mm. about this last night because he and i are about the same age we both started doing internet around about the same time he was very active in the (laughs) node.js doing it and then the linux foundation uh and 
both of us got to build our careers on the fact that we were born at the right time and picked the right things at the right time and learned about them. Right, right. But there's another shift coming. And I said to him, like, we should try and make sure that we're not just bitter people who are like, oh, well, well, yeah. and like figure out what the next thing is. He thinks it's peer-to-peer internet or a more distributed internet. I would tend to agree with him on it. So, you know, maybe a bunch of us will go build a cloud one day and it'll be super different from every other cloud, right? And and right. maybe we'll do that. And that and we would be like, let's, sh- let's shift a paradigm, right? Let's go front end to like browser through device, no centralization or some crazy weird thing like that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you bank on this like other, if like you decide you want to, there's this other new way of doing things and and that's what's going to happen, if you just decide that as true, then you're going to drive yourself into whatever that new reality and that new paradigm looks like. And so yeah, if, if Magic Leap and this guy has ambition and a track record and has been able to do enough, I mean, you'd be amazed at, at the proof points that venture capitalists will accept to give you more money if they believe holistically in the change and that you are just like one of the many boats that are sailing in a new ocean and just first to market is is can be a very useful thing i just don't know if that's enough evidence for me i feel like the market lately has proven itself to be irrational and i guess that's why i'm suspicious like if you think about the juicero thing i i'm sorry it's a terrible example but that thing has a hundred had a hundred million dollars in funding for juice yeah, but dude, I think dude, the no, 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 no. But lately. what, like, what order of magnitude difference of funding did we just talk about? I mean, dude, I don't okay, disagree. But you're talking about juice for a hundred million. I have seen tens of millions of dollars poured into n- incredibly silly companies in the last right, but that's, ten but years. That's what we're saying. I have that's not what seen. We're literally ha- saying though is like this is a exponential increase. Right, I'm saying exactly over the amount of silly exactly. money. Is this the bubble? No, but dude, there are loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of people that will give you five, ten, two million dollars to do something if you pitch them in the right way and you know persuade them. And if you get 15 or so of those people to each give you five to ten million dollars, you all of a sudden have loads of money to do something and potentially something really insane. There are very few people who will give hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. The only like two examples of like great market selection with terrible founder choice and like this is not very kind of me to say, but it's just, I guess, my opinion is Theranos <laughs> and, U- and is Theranos and U- Right, right. I don't well, I guess that's think, my question about this. I don't think Magic Leap is that. I think Magic Leap was a great I also and don't. I, and I bet I you, think it must be incredible. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I really do. Yeah. I, well, I'm i hopeful because it feels like if it's not, it will be the poster child for a very long time. If if anyone knows anyone at Magic Leap or anyone can like get this to someone at Magic Leap, take that money that you bought and take some of it and earmark it to buy... Um, the company that is at the end of Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R.com. Just buy them too along the way, okay? And then if you do that, oh. I'll, I'll buy your product at the end of the day, okay? So everyone's going to go Google that now. Anyway, look, I believe in it. 
I just think that the dogpiling is interesting. Like, this is one of the first very secretive, highly venture-backed we've ever seen. I know. I'm literally eating some popcorn right now in 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 uh, honor of popcorn eating startups, you know? I think when someone raises a billion dollars, you just open a bag of popcorn and wait. Put your sunglasses on and see. Yeah. I, I think they'll come to market with something in the next year. If you look at the billion dollars, you look at the other round they did, $794 million, they're getting ready for something. And I think we'll start seeing something happening very soon. The question is, did they... Did you remember those initial videos of theirs? The crazy ones that turned out to be faked? Like, have they seeded too much hype around? Oh, no. Better question is, if they can do what you saw, would you buy it? I would buy it if they could do what I saw, but it was there faked. So, so well, that's the that's question. Dude, but that's not like, that's fine. But that's like, right. no, but this reminds me of HoloLens because Microsoft is like, look at all these cool things you can do on the stage. And then you put it on, it's this little square. It's like this. Oh, and HoloLens is the sickest MVP you've used since the iPod. Come on. It's the sickest thing I've used in 10 years, but you put it on your head and you're like, oh, this is not finished. It's expectations versus reality. And Microsoft, unlike Magic Leap, isn't, in theory, going directly to consumer. Microsoft released the HoloLens and they're like, well, we're not releasing this for five years. It's like this Windows mixed reality thing. And then the developers get it and they're like, this has so much potential. And you know, like you and I are both the people for that. I will also say there is another option for Magic Leap that isn't B2C. It could be that they have a enterprise product that is um, applicable horizontally across all of the verticals in the enterprise. So you would effectively be like an AWS type thing. Uh, Your platform is is applicable to, yeah, exactly. So who, like, I actually will. Yeah, we don't know. It's all speculation. I will not even, now that I think about it, I won't even necessarily say that it's, but they're, but the real point is they're going wide, right? Like they're, you, yeah. Or, I mean, dude, imagine though, they take that billion dollars and they ship 100,000 units at $5,900. But, sure. but you see that, but like it is the like most amazing thing. Like it's like, whoa. whoa. Right. If I had that kind of money, I would have that thing. Whoa, right? Like, okay. There's a few ways this could play out, but whatever's happening, they definitely believe this is a huge ass thing. But I think even also super important to recognize is VR and AR are not just a shift in, or because they're a shift in how we consume software by way of hardware, the interaction of the software becomes considerably different thing. I guess like the thing that makes me interested in this way of building a company is that magic leap is going to spend $3 billion, put a product on the market and then maybe three people buy it. Like I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's kind of funny. Yeah. 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 Like what if nobody wants it? It's the best VR thing you've ever seen in the world. And nobody wants it. For sure. 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 Like if someone walked in the room right now and gave me a suitcase with $100 million in it and said, you can read no other information um, about Magic Leap, but just what you know today, and you can take that money and invest it in that, or you can still have that money, but invest it in the stock market, I would invest it in the stock market, right? Like I'm I'm not saying they're going to be able to pull off what they're doing. I have no clue given what I know today, but 
it doesn't seem unreasonable that they're trying to do what they are trying to do. And I think more than, yeah, yeah. I think we should give them kudos for having the Kahunis oh, absolutely. to like go and try and- And waiting this long. Great, great. Yeah, it's been amazing. How many years have we been talking about Magic Leap for? Like forever. Four or five years they've been working on this, I think, in secret at least. Probably longer. You know what would be hilarious? I actually looked this up the other day. From founding to IPO, Apple was like four or five or six years or something like that. Like yeah. super small amount of time. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we see Magic Leap come out of Day stealth. 10. Yeah, no, exactly. Come out of stealth, release their product, put it on the market. Six of them are out there. Four people go on like CNN um, technology, Bloomberg technology, uh, whatever, and say this is the like, you know, um, uh, Walt Mossberg comes out of retirement and goes, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Oh, and also, by the way, they filed for IPO. <laughs> yes, I would buy those shares. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay. So another thing happened in VR this week, other than Magic Leap trying to get a shit ton of money, Oculus announced this new stuff. And look, Magic Leap is the, if we dream of Star Trek, Oculus is the real thing now, right? Like they're NASA. And so they released two things. First, a standalone headset for $199, which is insane. And then they also showed a preview of next year's, I guess, like high-end VR. I don't really know what to call it. Do you have VR? You have VR, I have the it? HTC Vive. Yeah, I have it. Is it good? Um, Yes, it's fantastic. The issues that I have with it are solvable. And that's, better, better I question. guess, what's interesting about this. Yes. Better question. What's the longest amount of time you've spent using it in one session? Three hours and 45 minutes. Get out of here. Seriously. That's a long a time. Like a phone call with a human like this. Holy cow. It's Why? It only happened to me twice. Because twice? Because I was talking with somebody in it. And it was a friend. We got along really well. It was, And you lose track of time in there. Oh, That's my the God. Thing. You can't look at your phone. I, I don't have it. So I refuse to buy it until Magic Leap comes out. Yeah, I get it. But so the interesting thing about Oculus's next year's like premium headset is it solves the problems I have with the Vive. So with the Vive, you have this like horrible 10 meter long cable that you have to like, you're like dragging it around. Are they wireless yet? They'll then, be wireless within like 18 months, right? Well, so the Oculus gets rid of the cable. Oh, sick. So that's pretty cool. And now they also figured out a way to get rid of the sensors because the sensors were the other annoying thing. You had to have like these little boxes that you put around your room. To, to kind of figure out like where you are and all that kind of thing. And Oculus figured out this thing. It's kind of been like fabled for a while. It's called inside out tracking. Ah, and so okay. basically like the headset knows where it is in space based on the controllers. So dope. So basically you'll be able to get the VR headset, use it wherever in your house, as long as you're within range of like whatever, and you won't need sensors. It's, oh, it's awesome. Hello, Charge Tech. Wait. Hello, Charge Tech podcast listeners. If you have children... Please make sure that they know that the future reality that they're going to grow up in is fucked and that they should yeah. be accustomed <laughs> to what regular reality is. Steiner education or something like that for everyone. Like we need like Rudolf Steiner was right. Waldorf school is the right thing or something. But like, right. Like this, but this is could get scary as you're going to you're going to end up in this situation. So Oculus has two tiers of vr they have the cheap vr which is like these experiences and then they have high-end vr which is escapes and that's where it gets really oh, interesting I, yes. I love technology i know you do i really do so much i started using computer on a bbc master system and a commodore Damn. and an amiga when i was like eight nine ten or something i'm gonna be 32 next month or in december december right I've never not been around technology ever. I think it's so, so cool. It's amazing. But yeah. as I 
realize how massively we are are using technology to shift society, I become increasingly concerned that we don't super understand what that means. I don't even think right. on like a micro micro social level, like what it means in your family and in your household and for marriage and stuff like that. But right. what it means for the continuing gap in knowledge and income inequality. I don't... You mean like, humanity itself? Yeah, I mean, I... And, you know, my chiropractor is like this weird guy. It's, if you're in New York, by the way, and you want a chiropractor, Spring Street Chiropractic, he's, this guy's amazing. <laughs> he, like, is this a, like, native advertising? Well, he... So, it's super weird. I Like, I don't really understand who this guy is, but he's one of the weirder people I've met in my life. He was the chiropractor to the Stones and uh, the Grateful Dead, Iron Maiden. He would tour with bands for years. It's like super weird guy. And uh, he said to me the other day, the thing that he's most scared about, this guy does like, definitely does not understand technology. Said, I don't, I see all these new, he calls them um, nerdies. He says that they're nerdies like you come in and they've got computer back and their and their back is all weird and twisted so their eyes are like sort oh of Oh my god weird. like the hunchback. Yeah and they're like he's like and this is like all you nerdies these days. He said I don't know if Oh my god. Yeah. But and I'm like so he's like what is the new like thing and I, oh so I said well you know we're going to move into VR pretty soon and we're all this stuff on the desks is going to go away and it might be really good for us because we'll be like standing up and we'll be able to like walk around and and use interfaces on walls and stuff like that. It can be just like, like normal, yeah. If you wanted to. And he's like, "Oh, that's great." And he's like, "So, and then he said, well, "How does the VR thing work?" And I was like, "Oh, it's like a headset that you put on blah blah blah." blah. He's like, I don't think people understand evolution well enough to know if evolution is going to evolve the species based on these new ways of interacting with the mind because we know that evolution might be connected to that or something like right. that. I was like, oh my God, dude, you just like blew my mind and I think about weird stuff all the time. <laughs> so like, I don't know what you just said. Yeah, I mean, I I wrote a newsletter this morning and I basically said we stand at like the precipice of something that we just can't really comprehend right now. It's just a very weird time and everything looks like, you know, like VR looks like this silly thing, whatever. But we stand at a time where like, it's, I guess it's kind of, I don't know, maybe this is an exaggeration, but it feels like when the car was invented, like suddenly you realized you could drive I don't think that's an exaggeration. across states. You know, it's just a thing that will change everything once it becomes realistic to use it. So I don't know. It just feels weird. I'm very curious about the next 50 years, basically. And like, I pray to whatever right. simulator God there is out there that like, I get to see them because Sim city 3000. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like things are, have always been super cool and moved forward when cool, interesting people who have weird ideas have been able to be around right. and talk to other, like, you know, when Friedman and, and Penrose sat down and talked about inflation and string theory and just hypothesized, and that inspired people to conduct experiments and, and start things and get things going, right? So right. that seems to sort of be what we do a lot of. I always think of it as like the selfishness and the selflessness have to coexist you have to exist as a human in the mm -hmm, world mm -hmm. to exist as a human in the world and you have to accept that there are other humans in the world to exist so 
if all of that is true, we're moving, like, I don't think we have a really good, clear plan for the income and knowledge inequality stuff. And I think that there sure. are so many nations that we haven't emerged, you know, that like listening to this podcast would be, and I, I literally mean incomprehensible in that, you know, the amount of information that had just been imparted would right. not, it's just like, not be such that you could ever understand this stuff. So the developed nations are getting better and better and better, faster and faster and faster and faster. I sometimes wonder if that's right. why tensions are becoming um, heated at the international level right now. Because interesting, a lot of the things that we traditionally used as security, effectively mutually assured destruction, but uh -huh. were things like actually for a period of time until quite recently, trade, access to markets... That's why economic globalization worked really well for quite a period right. of time. Uh, it was mutually beneficial to a lot of countries. But as we move into this period where the countries who have the ability to turn on the exponentiality of their technology loops, like not only do the, for lack of a better word, like wonders to yeah. to the citizens of that country the the crazy technologies yeah. that we get to enjoy like right the iphone I'm sure it feels like right yeah. like i mean i remember i'm you know i'm canadian i went to film school i graduated we got canon paid attention to us we became canon explorers of light and then we got pre-production cameras so i had a 5d mark ii which was the first canon dslr that came out Right. Um, that could record video, and I could also go to Cuba. And oh, yeah, I remember that one. And so I went to Cuba and filmed some kids on the street and showed them the film, like the video on the back of the camera, and it was also with the Mark II, so it was like not like showing a crappy, like, f like phones barely had good cameras at that point. Yeah, back and then nobody thought a phone could do anything. The... the girl that i showed it to on the street who was probably like four or five maybe six just started crying she was so scared wow. like she was like i like i could sense that she was scared of this thing right like she had just never ever experienced that you know we were like you know village outside of havana or something like that and so like if that was then and we've come so far from just the mm -hmm. video and the digital slr that we're at the point in like a very short span of time, 15, 20 years of saying that we might be able to augment virtual reality onto desktops. Yeah. It's been 10 years. Yeah. Yet Africa is still emerging. Right. That's a really crazy, you know, you, so many countries don't even stand a chance of being able to participate in this stuff. So anyway. Interesting. No, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. It's like, while they're catching up to the thing we've had this whole time, we're busy like trying to reinvent the whole thing again. It's this weird paradigm. So, on that note, I want to talk about. So is so the so to answer your question, <laughs> is one billion dollars uh, Magic Leap Series D silly? No, makes sense. Hope it's right. cool. It's a good good answer. Well, we'll Hope see in cool. a year. Let's remember this episode, episode fifty four, the time we shat on Magic Leap. I shat on Magic Leap. You you praise them. Okay, let's talk about Google. So the Google Pixel phone on a happier topic. <laughs> oh my God. 
it's at least something I understand. So, Google Pixel, I went there to the event in the flesh and drunkenly asked for an invite to the thing and managed to swing one. It was great. Did you watch it at all? I know zero about any of this stuff at all. I don't follow Google oh my at all. God. Oh, well, it was pretty impressive. And you're like, this is going to be controversial and you're going to disagree. But what I saw at the Google event was the most coherent hardware and software story I've seen out of any technology company in the last few years. It was wild to see Google pull the shit they did out of the bag at that thing. It was like two hours of like, hey, by the way, like we're good at things now. It was it was something. So I guess there's like two things I want to talk about. So like the Pixel was one of them, I guess. And then this voice as the next platform for things. Mm. But let's let's talk about the phone really quick. So I'm switching to the Pixel. I ordered it. I, I'm selling my iPhone. I'm done. It was awesome. It's it's honestly the one of the best things I've seen in years. If anyone really has like, a if anyone has a podcast, they want me to co-host. I'm looking for a new podcast yeah, co-host. You need a podcast ho- co-host who gets it. Apple fan. <laughs> I need an I need an Apple. Uh, I need somebody who really gets what. I'll list on. you on eBay. <laughs> um, so look, no, like I, I legitimately, I don't really mind. Like this, I you know we talked about this this like previously, and it's just that. This year for me is a time when I'm like, well, maybe I'll just try something else. I'm going to try it. And the reason I really liked Google's whole story is they really have the software services and hardware side of this whole thing down. They have they have this crazy thing. They have the pixel and it's all machine learning and the cameras. And like, instead of going on this angle, like we made the best hardware in the world, Google's like, yeah, well, like all phone hardware is the same. So we solved that problem with machine learning to take better photos than any other hardware. And you're like, how does that work? And it does. So, you know, if you look at the camera in the Pixel 2, it's like not on paper. It's not like 80,000 megapixels. It doesn't do whatever the shit. But Google managed to do, you know, on the iPhone 7 Plus, it has the two camera thing. Yeah. So Google took a machine learning algorithm. So the, the back of the Pixel 2 has one camera. They took machine learning and they, they told it, well, okay, so take the sensor and divide it up into two and use the pixels on the sensor to do the same thing and so you can get the same portrait image style photos without needing two lenses because the it's all happening on the software side and so google's whole cell was basically at this point everything's a rectangle right like we can do this we can do that we can make it white we can make it no bezels but what we're really good at is differentiating on using machine learning and so they're trying to use machine learning in tandem with hardware which is something apple has always said and Apple's also quite good at. But Google's doing it in a way that's quite interesting. So it was it was kind of cool to see. I don't know. I tried it. I thought it was impressive. I'm giving it a go this year. Ask me in a year. <laughs> I've been I've been contemplating if I've been ready to say this or not for a while. Ooh. I've been chewing on say it for it. a couple of weeks now. So I realized that I've really realized deeply the value of the youtube asset to google yeah Um, interesting yeah because i never think of that so if you go to the direction of voice being the thing so the next os right so the oh holy shit yeah wait exactly so the hardest problem that you (laughs) could solve to know that you could do almost anything with voice would be real-time perfect voice-to-voice real-world translation now in order to do that 
you would have to create a bank of digitized signatures of what every word looks like in its sine wave and then take map those words to real words and to and map the right. translation of and to whatever other language and then in the mm-hmm. and then in the content that you had that was wide and deep you could scan it for that like word match sine wave at scale right at scale you could then start to account for accents and regional differences and stuff like that because you would start Ooh. to build exactly Damn. so the thing that i i thought about it for like f- probably now 15 hours and right. the only thing i can liken it to is tesla's advantage over everybody else and having had cars on the road for a long time and self-driving the right. fact that they have had YouTube for so long and have YouTube and that all of those videos and all of those languages about all of those different things, there must be Woo. pretty pretty near the spoken spectrum of human language somehow contained in various sentences oh, surely. in the entirety of YouTube. Every sentence ever. Ba, ba, ba. Interesting. And it explains in a way why Google was able to so quickly build out a voice platform that didn't get like perplexed by simple sentences. You know how I knew about it? How's that? I was watching YouTubes the other day, well, a couple months ago, and they've just introduced this auto-generated closed captioning. I was like, huh, oh how, yeah, how it got they... really good. Oh, it got, it's near perfect. It was really uh, bad when it launched. Oh I my God, it, it's but... almost perfect now. I keep it on all the time and it almost never makes mistakes, but even, no, but then this is when I was like, mind blown how they were doing translation into different languages and stuff like that. Uh, I was like, but they could take like French and translate it into Korean. Like I was just like, there's, they must be really starting to understand the voices in the videos. And then when they introduced, and then I realized, oh shit, their AI for Google Translate quite some time ago got really, really good for just written words. Their algorithms got really right. good. And then I was like, oh shit, those headphones that they just announced do this. And then I was like, damn, that is so. Um, that was like, the craziest part of the announcement. Yeah, dude, that's some crazy stuff they've got. If that's. They, they were like, oh, we made the AirPods. And like, I was like, oh, good job copying Apple. And then they're like, it does real time translation of heard audio. And I was like, what? Hello, this is Star <laughs> Trek calling. I don't know. So this is, this is what I took away from the event, though, is like, Google somehow in the space of two years when pixel launched you know it's like oh we're we're like the hardware company now and this year they came out and they're like by the way we're the company that has a coherent story across all of our hardware like google assistant on the headphones is the same google assistant in your phone and google home is the same google assistant in your phone like it's just it's incredible how google went from you know like two years ago google was this weird awkward laughing stock right like every time you used a google service it's like oh have you heard of gmail it doesn't integrate with that and now everything integrates with everything and it's kind of this weird yeah so it's interesting you know i was trying to think of how apple could catch them and i thought about two things one was all the videos right. that are on everybody's phone that you could technically sure, yeah. like catalog scan them locally scan, scan them locally or scan them if they have them authorized to go up to iCloud and then just you know it would be anonymized and you'd just be taking sure. sound signatures but 
And then the other thing I was thinking of was people using Siri. But actually, though, the thing is, well, with the first one, you are um, reliant on only being able to access content from the markets that you're in. In the second one for Apple, you're reliant on only the sentences that you can force people to speak to you. Sure. And the advantage to YouTube is it's just all the shit that people just said, like yeah. my make my makeup tutorial, my car video, my local church choir, my Estonian, right, right. you know, bakery. Every vlogger ever. Yeah, just like saying stuff. And so, but it's the same with Google Home, right? Like Google's had the speaker in people's homes for a year and people just saying random shit to it to see if it works. And I think they're learning a lot faster than we give it credit. I don't know. If anything came out of that Google event, other than the fact that somehow got Google got like kind of decent at industrial design. It's that they figured out how to make the core part of its product, the voice part, not Android, none of this other shit. It's like the voice is the OS. It works everywhere now. And that's kind of interesting. I will move. figure it out as it goes, but I will. Mm. Ooh, they're going to eat another hat. Nah, I'm not going to say, I was going to say, I was going to (laughs) say, I will move to Google if, but well what was the if it doesn't matter if you won't do it but what was the if basically if like all of my interactions with anyone in the world were seamless no matter like what culture language or whatever right yeah like money that's the idea of the headphones right money language like if we can exchange you know whatever yeah uh it was honestly that the Pixel Buds demo was the craziest thing. Yeah, but then I was like, realistically, how often... Well, and then I was like, realistically, how often is that going to happen to me that I'm going to actually want to use that Never. stuff? And then I was like, exactly. So I was like, eh, I'd rather have nice hardware. Okay. But so there's times that I've literally had a situation where I would have tried it because I live in a country that this is a problem. In, I know? just mean for like, like the five times that I might do it, I would just download the Google Translate app on my iPhone and be like, hey, Google Translate, like... Yeah, sure, but the whole point of this is you don't have to tell it. It's like it's in real time. You just put it in translate mode and it just oh, happens. I'm the same for the three times that I might like use this it. It's weird. It's like the Babelfish. I don't know. And there's a lot of like weird things with that. Like, what does it do for culture and languages when you don't need to learn them anymore? Anyway, so that was pretty cool. Oh, like, look, I'm gonna try the Pixel thing for a year, and I think I came. To, I came to this realization that. The only Apple service I actually use out of all the ones on my iPhone that is like first party Apple is the iMessage app, right? Like I use iMessage every day. I don't mind it. Like I don't have, I don't have as many contacts. It's like I've messaged like three people on it. That's the only one. I don't use the Apple Mail app. I don't use any of these like shitty web services Apple makes. I, all of the things I use are Google based. So like if Google is starting to get this shit together, I want to give it a go. And the Pixel takes great photos and that's kind of what I was waiting for. So we will see. It was fun. Oh, okay. Voice is the new OS, though. Just so to go back to that for a second. I think the most interesting thing was that Google already figured out the multi-room voice thing as well and how it hands off of your phone. I went to the event and I got a Google Mini at a pop-up store that was later that day. And so now I have like a Google Home in one room and a Google Home in another. And it can detect, based on where you're standing, based on like proximity, which speaker should react to you. Yeah, that's right. Voice is not the new OS. Movement is the new OS. Both. Right visual movement tracking of the eyes to change yeah i mean it's not so much voice but it's like under it 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 should know what you're trying to do yeah and where you are that's all that's relevant um and it's interesting that google's figured out all these different price points for it as well right they go they go all the way down to 50 dollars with the donut mini which is like this cute 
it's like the uh what was that one by amazon the echo dot all the way up to the sonos level 399 dollars like google is serious about this shit and i don't think we ever saw that out of them before we'll see we will see i i don't know it was just kind of fun to see them like have their shit together and a lot of people are like oh well I don't know. Twitter is always a funny thing, but people are like, oh, well, whatever, like, whatever they got their shit together. But competition is a good thing here. This is great. You know, everybody for the last six years, I mean, if you look at what happened with Microsoft, the Surface, when they bought that into the market, like the PC market was like asleep at the wheel. Nobody gave a shit. Everybody's making plastic computers. And Microsoft was like, look, Apple was like killing us. We're going to make something that's like a coherent thing. So my concern is, I think a lot of people are chasing the puck and not a lot of people are seeing where the puck is going. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that applies to big world tech too. So like, there's Outside. a chance that there's going to be an oh snap moment with someone like Magic Leap where everyone's like, yeah, right. I'm not going to use Right, that. where it's like revolutionary. Google and Apple crap. Like, uh, yeah, right. Right? Like, there's a chance that like, there could so be- So you think th- it'll be so transformational or this won't matter, this discussion? No. I don't know if I think that'll happen or not. I'm not. I'll tell you when I see it what I think will happen over a period of time. Right now, I have absolutely no, like, oh. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you I tried the Google jacket? Oh, you tried that? Yeah, they had it in a store in Williamsburg the day they announced it. How was it? Was it weird? It's stupid. Explain to me what it is first, because I don't really get it. Jacquard. Okay, it's crazy. So... I like super question how much of an engineering feat this actually was, but sure. basically it's like a USB dongle plugged into a USB port that's like baked into the jacket. Um, like just imagine it sort of like tucked underneath the like denim a little bit with like a flush port. And then like, basically if you had like some kind of clipper on the inside of the jacket sleeve around where your wrist is to like like a button clip to clip the jacket closed it's sort of that and it's quite thick it looks like one of those um security tags that you get on things at like walmart Kmart, and stuff yeah i wonder what that was about yeah so that's like the computer and you have to like unplug it and then unclip it if you i think if you want to wash it maybe or something um so that plugs in and that's like sort of on the if you like had your palm open it would that sort of on the back of underside of your wrist there um where you would like take your pulse or whatever and so it's like imagine like a little usb dongle and then what that does is plugs into i presume like a a flexible pcb that goes into some circuitry that's on effectively like the watch side of the of the jacket sleeve on the left hand side of the jacket and it basically looks like a regular jacket on the other side although there were people in there just like tourists being super annoying about it so i didn't right spend too much time because they were like oh is this magic whatever um so <laughs> magic jacket oh gosh it was crazy but anyway that's not the story so tldr i guess is you get that that and then on the other side there's you can like do gestures on the um f- like the watch side of the jacket on the oh. on the sleeve but there's like three Why gestures want- um well the idea originally or the idea that they like pitch it as is like a biker jacket but it's like on the left sleeve and I'm right-handed so if I'm going to do any like gestures or like use my finger to write anything or whatever i'm probably gonna 
use well either way actually yeah the fact that it's on my on my near my hand is the problem so basically the idea is like if you wanted to change songs or answer a call or like get the next text message when you're your bike or whatever in brooklyn sure. you're like in traffic and you don't want to like get your phone out or whatever you can like interact with your device using the jacket on like the jacket this patch of jacket right so it's it's an apple watch well but the thing like, is it's like, it it's can like a smart watch but your sleeve it, the full functionality is what i can do with pushing the left button on my beats headphones and interacting with my right. iphone so, and the advantage to that is as you know if you ride a bike crossing your body weight is extremely annoying if you're riding fast and trying to do something you're going around a corner and you're yeah, also big time. right you don't you're not like if you ride bike seriously in cities and you're like running lights and doing things like that. I can barely like use that. my Apple Watch. Like, you can barely, you wouldn't want to move your weight across to the other side. The great thing about my Beats is I can still do quite very many things on my bike, keep my right hand on, my left hand to my left ear is where the button for my Beats is, double tap quickly to move the song forward, push and hold to interact with Siri, one t tap to pause, whatever, right. hand straight back on the handlebars again, right? Like you can interact really easily without changing your weight across your body. So I'm like, I would never buy this thing if it was for my bike. That's the silliest use case because I'd have to cross my body weight. Sure. And then on top of that, the whole thing is junk. So this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. So that's my review. So it's just a stupid, stupid touch jacket. Big joke. Also, you can only wash it 10 times. Because washing destroys the internet fibers. Did you know that? Washing the internet destroys it. Oh, bad jokes. Okay. So Magic leap. Magic leap. Magic leap. Magic leap. Uh, one more thing to talk about, and then we should go, because it's really long. Or maybe not. Okay, we'll talk about it really quick. General Motors. Acquiring LiDAR companies is kind of an interesting development. So, they acquired Strobe, which is basically like... Silly. So I think you and I both know this, but I'm going to just explain it because it's kind of interesting. So LiDAR has been around for something like 60 years. It's like a method where you have a laser and a mirror and it basically measures the distance on a whole bunch of points, like 60 points to like determine where things are. And it was used on the moon and for weather and that. Imagine that you were standing in a room and all around you, around your whole body, there was a string coming from your waist that went from your waist right. to the end point of every single object in the room and that you could sense the distance between you and, if and it was that moving thing and, and it was moving in real time, that's what it does. It shoots stuff you, out into the real world and then like can measure everything all the time that's moving and where it it's is like and what that, it's doing. like that, except it costs like a bajillion dollars. Sisquillion, sizillion dollars. And also it's like enormous like it's an annoying enormous object because you've got a laser and like mirrors to put places so kind of one of the interesting things that's going on right now in the industry is everybody kind of like shat themselves and realized making a whole self-driving car is really difficult so what if we just focus on the sensors and like what if we can fix light lidars and so one of those companies that was doing that was strobe and they made like i don't know if you've seen a picture of it but it's like a lidar that's like you remember those like old cd players the little brick it's like a size of a brick and the whole idea is you can kind of hide it behind a grill or you could hide it on top of the roof, whatever the shit. GM acquired that company. And it's interesting because GM is kind of trying to be a full stack self-driving car company, not just the one that purchases components like the other ones. So I don't know. I, I read this news and I thought like, this is the best strategy I've seen so far. Like this, the, 
the car companies are getting better at self-driving com- cars faster than Google can, even though they kind of defined this whole category. I don't think LiDAR is necessary personally, so I don't, I think the whole thing is mm. quite amusing, but cool. Yeah, it's like, it's a sensor that they have, I think that adds a lot, but I think Tesla's strategy of just like a shit ton of cameras and like depth sensors and stuff, I think that's the way to go, but hey, what do I know? For shizzy my nizzy, man, and like also... It's not going to be like cars are not going to be able to talk to each other in the future. So I'm pretty sure cars are just going to yeah, stop like, why do they hitting need so each other soon data? because like you can be like, hey, car, I'm here. Hey, car, I'm here. You don't even need to scan whatever. Cars can just know where cars are. Like that'll eventually happen. Hopefully like one day yeah. the government mandates that all cars need to be telling all other cars where they all are at all times. Like, Why does Uber exist? It's like a back end system for that. Like <laughs> within like five kilometers, if there's a car going moving above five kilometers an hour, you should have to like basically right. squawk something out of something. So like I'm sure that'll happen. And then B, we have cities implementing our platforms so that they can define APIs that will provide the status of the road at any given time to any vehicle. So if a road right. is closed or has a permit for a film set or like whatever, they can alert anyone who subscribed to that API point endpoint in real time that this has changed. This change has happened. So like, I get that lidar is sick. I think it's a like super cool technology. I also think it's not super useful for like. Look, there's better ways to do cars. It's stuff. good to have it. You need sensors right now. Software will solve this. It's kind of what we were saying. Software for sure will solve it. Yeah, software it's like what we're saying with the, the world. Google thing. I don't know if you like heard that before but like you don't need the best camera in the world you just need something that understands the shit it's getting from the sensors so very weird time to live in okay this has been a long one john (laughs) yeah i have a book recommendation Ooh. okay hit me it's been so long Um, the better angels of our nature is good interesting okay what's it about um the decline of violence across the history of mankind humankind interesting humankind and then, I don't know if I said this one before, I might have, but The Bad Samaritans, The Myth of Free Trade, and The Secret History of Capitalism. It's a little weird, but it's got some interesting things, and I was like, hmm, if this is true, then that's weird, and then I would go look it up, and it would be true, and then I was like, hmm, that's weird. Okay. So, interesting book to read. So, on that topic, if you do have a book recommendation from the audience, yeah. or you read jobs, tell us what you think. Come on Slack. Go email us. Just do it. We'd love to hear about it. Like, I miss book club, so let's bring it back. John, I miss this, but I'm going to give the end bit. If you like this, review it on iTunes. It's been so long. So, like, just go there and put a hibiscus emoji and we'll love you forever. If you want to get more, we happen to have a thing now where you can, like, join the Slack and, like, you do have to pay money, but I promise it's worth it. Um, It's called Recharged. If you email me through the Say Hi form on the website, I'll send you an invite. It's still in testing because it's a little bit buggy do that and i'll invite you and then you can get into the slack and hang out other than that hi at chargepodcast.com or you can spam us on the soundcloud link we also read the comments there john has at john on soundcloud somehow soundcloud forward slash john (laughs) owen good week all right (laughs) hi biscuits john bye biscuits Biscuits, owen love you buddy Bye, Bye, bye john bye